Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with our listeners again today. So thankful to have this opportunity to be with you to study God's Word a little bit further. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. And again, this is Search the Scriptures. You know, here on Search the Scriptures, we really dig into God's Word. We dig deep, we look at it in detail, and we try to explain it in a way that is easy for you to understand and that makes sense for your daily lives. We don't want to just impress you with our knowledge of God's Word. That would be self-glory, and that's not what Christians are supposed to be about. We want to bring God glory by helping you understand His Word all of those rich teachings, all of those promises, blessings, oh yes, those corrections too, those warnings, those judgments, all of it goes together. But it's all there to guide us to the best life that a person can live in this world with the greatest hope, and that is eternal life with God in heaven. The greatest direction, and that is the life of a Christian, walking in godliness, walking that pathway of truth that Jesus talks about in Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Yes, we want to help you learn how to live the best life that God, because God offers us that best life, and he wants us to live it. You know, Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, you see, God's God's love and his willingness, his desire for us, is that we'll repent and come to him for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ, being baptized for the remission of our sins, acting upon our faith in Christ and in God. But, you see, our part is that we have to repent. God's desire is for our forgiveness and salvation, but he expects us to repent. Now, we've been studying about God's grace and how we are saved totally by God's grace. But we've also emphasized that he expects a response from us in order for him to extend his salvation by grace. He's offering that to us, but he wants us to come to him his way to receive it. You can have a copy of this program on CD for free. You can receive a free Bible study that we offer all of the time. We send it out through the regular mail. It's free. In both cases, we'll even pay the postage. We don't want you to send us anything for it. We don't want you to send some gift or whatever, and then we say we're going to send you this free. Well, that doesn't sound free to us. We mean we'll send it to you for free. We want to help you learn God's will for your life through his word better. We want to help you get to heaven. At the end of the program, we'll tell you how to contact us. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready and jot down that information. You can also go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. And you can scroll down the home page. You can click on the podcast button and you can sign up for our podcasting. That's also free. And you can receive to your device, whichever device you choose, all of our sermons, all of our Bible classes, a great daily Bible class short study, about 12 minutes each day, called Today's Bible Class. And you receive all of these radio programs. And again, it's all free and it's all automatic, sent right to your device. 
So take advantage of that opportunity, churchofchrist.com. We're going to continue in our study on grace, and specifically in this section, we're looking at how we are supposed to grow in grace. When Peter was closing his letter, his second letter, 2 Peter chapter chapter 3 and verse 18, he exhorted the Christians to whom he was writing this, and of course, since it's inspired scripture, it's written to us as well. In verse 17, he said, You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware. In other words, be aware and be on guard, be alert, lest you fall from your own steadfastness. So we're to live a steadfastly faithful, dedicated, obedient life before God as Christians. And then he says, being led away with the error of the wicked but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. Now, how do we grow in grace? Well, we grow in Christ. How do we grow in Christ? We grow in the knowledge of his word. And as we grow in the knowledge of his word, then and we make those proper applications, we're growing in Christ. And as we grow in Christ, we're growing in grace. In 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, Paul said, be diligent, or another translation says, study, to show yourself approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we need to get into God's word in order to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The third chapter of 2 Timothy, beginning with verse 15 and reading down through verse 17, tells us that God's word provides us three benefits. First, it is through God's word that we're led to salvation. We come to understand how to be saved through Jesus Christ. Paul reminded Timothy in verse 15 that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation. And then in verse 17, he, or verse 16, he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, it is God's very word, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So it is there to guide us in the ways of godliness, of Christianity, of faithfulness. And then in verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it is to equip us to be able to be the dedicated, serving, working Christians that God wants us to be as his children. So God's word is key to growing in our knowledge and also thereby growing in Christ. And as we grow in Christ, we'll grow in, faith, we'll grow in grace. To live the spiritual life, we all need to live the best life that anyone can live in this world. We need to grow in our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, Paul said, well, he wrote, and these are the Lord's words, the Lord's himself speaking these words. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
Now, Paul had been praying three times for God to remove some thorn in his flesh. He doesn't tell us what that thorn was. It was not a literal thorn. It was some kind of physical problem. It might have been an illness. It might have been a physical handicap of some kind. But whatever it was, he refers to it as a thorn in the flesh. And he says that in, he says uh, in verse 8 that he pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from him. How many times do we pray to God for a blessing of healing? We need to take all of our needs, all of our difficulties to him in prayer. Paul said, I prayed three times that this would be removed from me, whatever it was. And the response from the Lord himself, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And so how did Paul take that answer? Now, basically, the Lord was saying, no, I'm not going to remove it from you. You're going to have to live with it. But my grace is sufficient. Even through your condition, whatever that is, I can use you in a powerful way. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So Paul's response? Paul said, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. What a great attitude on the part of the Apostle Paul. He accepted that it was not that thorn, whatever it was, that physical problem, whatever it was, was not going to be removed, but that Christ could still work mightily through him, effectively through him, even in that condition, whatever that condition was. And Paul said, I rejoice. I rejoice in my infirmities because the Lord can still use me. I can serve him effectively in spite of whatever that handicap, as I perceive it, might be. Now, so to live the spiritual life that we all need to live, the best life that anyone can live, we need to grow in our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to trust him. We need to trust God to see us through whatever this life might throw at us. And as we grow in him, we'll grow in grace. Now here's the question for each one of us. Here's the question for me. Here's the question for you. Does your life show growth in grace? Does the way you live your life show to others around you that you have grown, that you have grown and that you are growing in grace? That's a straightforward question, isn't it? You see, we need to remember that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, speaking to those who would follow him, ultimately to us as Christians, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its savor or its ability as salt, it is good for nothing but to be thrown out. And then he goes on and says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, 
but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, how are you? As the seasoning influence for good, for godliness, for righteousness, for Christianity that the Lord wants you to be. Has your salt lost its savor? Has that influence that you're supposed to have, is that gone by the wayside? Well, Jesus says again, if the salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Would that describe you and your influence as a Christian? How are you as the light of the world? You see, and I've tried to emphasize this for many, many years. As Christians, when we're in a particular setting, our being there ought to make that a better setting because of our influence as Christians, because of our Christian lives, because we're the light of the world, we're the light of Christ on this earth. Now that's not to our self-glory, that's simply being who and what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be shining lights of righteousness that the world all around us can see. And the world is living in the darkness of sinfulness and wickedness, corruption, evil. And as such, the world is going down that broad road that leads to destruction. We're talking about eternal condemnation in hell. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. The world needs the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that light is supposed to shine through us. Is that light shining through your life? You see, to grow in grace, you need to be that seasoning salt. To grow in grace, you need to be that shining light. And not just here and there, not on an on-again, off-again basis, but you need to be that light. The world in the darkness of sin needs the light to show it the way to forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. Look at how Jesus puts it here. You're, you're supposed to be like that city built on the hillside and when the sun goes down, the lights go on, and people from a far off distance can see that city on the hillside by the lights from that city shining through the darkness. They could even look at those lights as something of a, a guidance to them to get to that place. Jesus went on and said, you don't light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket or under some covering. That's would be ineffective. He says, you put it on a lampstand. You put it someplace so that it may light up the room or the area in which it is. And then he gives a very definite, straightforward, positive instruction as to how we're to live our lives. Let your light so shine 
before men, in other words, before the world around us, that they may see your good works to your glory? No. And glorify your Father in heaven to God's glory. But they may see your good works. What good works? We talked about that. Back in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, where it says you're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But the very next verse says, for we are his workmanship. And we're to live in, we're to pursue and conduct and do the good works that God has prepared for us beforehand. That is part of the life of being a Christian. And that is part of growing in grace. People should see a difference in us from what they see on a general basis in the world all around them. Because the world is lost in sin. Remember what the Apostle John wrote. In 1 John chapter 2 and verses 15 through 17. He said, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. That's where the world is, caught up, engulfed in the darkness of sin. And the world is passing away, John goes on to say in the next verse, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. You see, the world needs to see the light of God's will, the light of Christianity, the light of Christ in us. We are the light of the world. We're supposed to be. We need to let the world see that we're living by the word of God, by his teachings communicated to us through his word. Remember what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119 and verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15, Paul wrote, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. What he's talking about is a world that is crooked and perverse because it is caught up in sin. But we need to be blameless and harmless as children of God within that world among whom you shine as lights in the world. Again, we need to be the light of the world, the light of Christ, to light the way to forgiveness and salvation, to eternal life, to heaven, for a world that is lost in the darkness of sin. Could anyone look around us today in our country or in any country in the world and not see that we are caught up in a world that is engulfed in wickedness? But we're supposed to be the shining light. We're supposed to demonstrate a different way, a better way. 
a way that can that can uh, dispel that darkness because we can show people how to be forgiven how to live the better life in Christ you know I've seen people who have changed their lives so dramatically by becoming Christians so dramatically you see can I change absolutely I can change with God's help with his strength by his grace I can grow in grace having been forgiven of my sins having come to salvation through Christ I can grow in grace and as I grow in grace I can help a world that is lost in sin see that they can grow in grace I've known a people who have come out of hell's angels and become Christians and be shining lights you can probably think about just any kind of sinful situation you can imagine and you can find people or hear of people who by God's grace have turned their lives around as they came to Jesus Christ for forgiveness now again then they begin that new life and they grow in Christ and as they grow in Christ they grow in grace and so can you we'll finish this section of our study next time but let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer right now Father help us see our need for your grace Father the world is engulfed in the darkness of evil please help them see the light of Christianity through us through our lives and help us to lead them to that light by demonstrating your will communicated through your word we pray for changed lives father help us to be that changing influence upon them please forgive us gracious father this is our prayer in Christ's name, amen.